You're listening to Clouser on Business. Thanks for coming back. I'm Clouser, your host. Thanks for being with us today. Well, summer has arrived. Hope you have some fun things planned so you can enjoy the weather and to find some time to relax from your work responsibilities. My plan is to play more golf and to enjoy the outdoors more this summer. He will receive this question from a listener. It says, my industry is experiencing large cost increases, but my customer base doesn't want to acknowledge the rising cost. How can I communicate the impact to my business and the need uh, needed change to my pricing structure to my customers without affecting our relationship? More on this in a moment. Well, glad to have Heidi back in the studio today. Welcome, Heidi. Hello, Klauser. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Hey, speaking of summer, I understand uh, through a little bird that you're taking uh, golf lessons and uh, beginning to take the game up. How's that going? I have been taking golf lessons, and uh, now that the weather's nicer, want to play more. Practice makes perfect. And in this instance, practice, practice, practice means you can't get good <laughs> unless you get out there. So. Well, it's such an easy game to pick up, isn't it? It's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I mean, does it. I mean, who couldn't hit a golf ball down the middle of the fairway? And <laughs> I've lost a few balls in the last few months, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Does it make you mad sometimes? Um, I'm going to leave that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, well, I love the question from our listener, as this is something almost every business faces every day. And for whatever reason, it just seems to scare and intimidate management types of all, at all levels. The fear of losing a customer causes people of all ages to crawl into a hoe, it seems, so as not to have to deal with it. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I would agree. And I think especially for, um, you know, middle managers, I know throughout my career, if you've got a current um, client that you've been working with for a long time, especially if you're doing, you know, work with them periodically throughout the year and they've been a longtime customer, that broaching the subject of raising costs is always kind of daunting because you also don't want to look bad to your own company, but you also don't want to break the, what you think is bad news to your client that's been loyal to you. So it could be a tough spot. Well, let's face it, unless you have a lot of room in your, uh, margins, uh, you have you you need to deal with it, or there won't be a company. Uh, would be what I'd be thinking there. Correct. But uh, let me say this before I make any comments or offer any suggestions that, you know, that I understand many companies uh, work under pricing contracts, and so obtaining an increase in pricing may not be available immediately, or very difficult to accomplish. On the topic of pricing contracts, though, I'd say this: protect yourself when you write the contract with cost increase accelerators. Um, you know, I, you know, I think, uh, most sound business people and, and attorneys, most, most attorneys anyway, know the businesses are subject to these type of events. And, uh, so, uh, have a good contract written. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in my instance, um, or depending on somebody's business, it's a statement of work or whatever, but have something or a tiny piece of language in there that, you know, obviously says this is good for the next X number of, it's good for this particular contract, um, but pricing is subject to change depending on year um, and and circumstances, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, to the question uh, specifically, uh, before approaching the customer, I would assess the current relationship. You know, there might be some peripheral or unattended matters that could make the communication uh, even more, or the matter even more difficult to deal with. You know, to deal with. You know, otherwise, uh, uh, the things I'm thinking would be at the top of my list is just be forthright and transparent. Yeah. And even before we get there, I will say just to your brief comment, I think it's really important to to know who you're dealing with. So who's the right person to talk with about this? So mm -hmm. is it the person you know best? Is it the person who you work every day with? Um, sometimes the head of a company won't really know what they're paying. It's the person who's dealing with you on a day-to-day -day basis. So maybe even call a meeting to be transparent and forthright with, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, well, I, and well, I, you know, obviously the premise for your price increase here in our conversation today is because certain costs in the industry uh, are skyrocketing, and so, you know, I'm I'm approaching our conversation today from a standpoint that these are things out of my control. What I'm not approaching it from is, hey, my management team, marketing team, screwed up in the pricing to begin with, and we're eight months into a contract, and we're not uh, we're losing our shirts, you know. Great. On the, That's a great <laughs> clarification. Yeah. So okay. we're so we're talking about uh, you know approaching this from the standpoint that these are things out of our control, and we may, in the course of the conversation today, intermingle some you know some things. But but for, you know the foundation of this podcast is on hey you know my industry costs are going up. And that's what the listener's question was about. Yeah. So, so I get that, and I yeah. think that absolutely being honest with them, they obviously will know what types of prices have gone up in the industry and and you can lay them out yeah and i mean you know i would think that the customer being in the industry that you are in would understand certain raw good costs might be going up i just know just a few months ago that uh due to some uh events in the world that the price of foam uh it went up because there was a shortage of foam and just stop and think who would think about that well, just stop and think <laughs> what products around you use, you know, have foam in. So I was just thinking this is kind of a kind of a joke, but I said, you know, think about that as you sleep on your foam pillow tonight, you know. Yeah, or the mattresses <laughs> or the pillows that you're sitting on and whatever. Right. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I work in the uh, transportation and uh, logistics industry primarily, and I just know how, you know, how skyrocketing fuel cost can, you know, can affect uh you know the price of things and uh, you know really throw your uh, gross margins uh, out of sort absolutely I mean yeah. fuel is one of the most dynamic and almost out of control costs there is for certain so mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah so uh, second thought I had was uh, to communicate from a position of strength you know going into a client and you know saying you're sorry about something or apologizing doesn't overcome the fact that the cost have increased and you still need to raise your prices. Yeah. Well, and you shouldn't have to apologize for them either. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are being forthright and honest, like you said in your first point, then making sure that you communicate them well will most often, I think, ensure a really good transformation of knowledge. And there, it eases the tension, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you communicate it well and just be up front but you also know hey and you can maybe line item out for them if they have questions or um, how you're coming about your numbers mm -hmm. yeah quite frankly if I think if, if I was the customer and 
you, Heidi, came in and, and you know, just fell all over yourself and was apologizing and, you know, whatever, I, I would just be suspicious that it wasn't really a true uh, rise in cost. It was back to what I said earlier. Maybe it was, uh, you know, someone in, in your company miscalculated your uh, pricing. Yeah. No, business is business, and you have to be, everyone, I think, should have a level-headed, reasonable conversation about things. So, yeah, you shouldn't come in begging for a, a reason why you're upping your costs. Right, right. Uh, another thing I had, uh, and these, these just came really off the top of, you know, top of my head here, but, you know, reminding the customer of the value you bring, you know, to their business. You know, the, these situations really afford a great, it's a great time to remind customers of the value you bring to them and to their customers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So actually, it, I think this trans, it goes beyond um, industry on this one. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Uh, you can be in any business, but if you can tell your client or your customer why you're the best at what you do and in you're serving them to the best of your ability, I think that that means more than, it, it goes a long way. It means more than anything else, basically. And and having the ability to communicate that to them is really important. Yeah, and, and the uh, along with the value would be, you know, what separates your company, you know, from your competitors? You know, this is a great time to, you know, to be able to put that in there because it's going to be a... Uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, maybe attach a value as a part of the price increase to say, hey, well, we do these things, and so, you know, we, you know, we go that extra mile for you. Yeah, it never hurts to remind them, and also, if they have turnover at their company, sometimes that's really helpful for new people who are just new, who don't really have a long, you know, can't see the long view in the relationship that you may have with them, and so that would help with that, too. Yeah, and if you just by chance are that company that your value is in question with your customer, maybe the best thing I could offer to you would be prayer. I mean, because now you're going to really have to have to consider some things. So another thought I had was uh, be prepared to negotiate and you know give up a little. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's always reasonable, um, depending on what the customer's uh, demand is or your partner's demanded. Um, you know, maybe you can throw in something that wouldn't cost you dollar-wise that much, but you could offer them a bone for, say, re revising when your deliverables are coming to them. Um, if it works out better that they've got to change in certain things that they need to do, how can you accommodate them best? So mm -hmm. there's a variety of different ways to help serve your clients better. And I think that this is one of those instances where, you know, if you're taking the dollar conversation out there, why not talk about the whole relationship conversation right. so that you can do better by them? Right. And uh, an idea I had in, in this uh, arena was, you have to understand that probably your customer has contracts with their customers. So, you know, they may or may not be able to go to their customers and say, hey, well, my, you know, my supplier had to raise their, you know, uh, price to me. Someone have to raise yours. That, that just may not be possible. So I, I guess know your customer and know who they're dealing with. I hope you know that anyway. But, you know, have some ideas in your mind. Do your, really do your homework, um, uh, on this because you could have some alternatives for them already prepared to use in case you have to use them. 
maybe you won't, but man, if you're prepared, it just helps the situation. And uh, I, I think you'll just come off as a better, better vendor, you know, when the day's over. Absolutely. This happens to me almost every day in the business that I do. So ask more often than not, um, the people that are actually paying their bill for whatever they're asking us to do, um, mm -hmm. there is always an end client. Yeah. And that could be someone not related to their company or it could be internal clients. But um, I need to know exactly who the end client is and you can't be afraid to ask that question. Yeah. This just well, happened today. Well, <laughs> mo most of the time it's us yeah. as consumers. Exactly. I mean, you know, those products that have a price differential or a price preference on them, you know, if I've got an opportunity to, to have, or if I'm forced into choosing between two products that are similar and the price goes up enough, you know, chances are I'm probably going to choose uh, my second choice. But also it's really interesting because if you are being hired by that middle company, they may have an idea of what the end client wants, but you may be doing innovative things on your end that you could actually sell better to the end client that mm -hmm. they just are not aware of. Yeah. And so that also happens to me most days. Where yeah. yeah, great point. Uh, the next on that I had on my list uh, was know your competition. You know, I found these situations are always an entryway uh, for your competitor to uh, receive the uh, unearned opportunity, so to speak. Uh, Wisdom will say the customer might use this as a way to shop the market, and, pro and probably so, but they should be shopping the market anyway. Um, I think sound uh, business wisdom, uh, e even if you have a great relationship with a supplier, um, you need to be having a second supplier in hand anyway in case that primary supplier, uh, you know, hits a wall and, and that's where you get your raw goods from or whatever, components or whatever. So it's always good to have a second supplier anyway if you, you know, just... Uh, if you're thinking things through correctly, but uh, so here you go. Maybe you've given your competitor an opportunity uh, to shop the market, but and you might be thinking, you know, Heidi. Some people might think that, well, hey, well, my competitor's up against the same thing I am. So if I've got certain raw good increases, well, so is my competitor. But let, if you don't mind, let me share a story here. I won't name names, but uh, I know from a from a past life in a different uh, business, uh, stainless steel pricing just went out the roof. And a manufacturer I distributed uh, product for, along, you know, along with several others in the industry, made uh, uh, commercial refrigeration products that you know, had stainless products on them, uh, or finishes on them. And uh, this one manufacturer that I distributed product for was heavy into the stainless market. I mean, they actually had uh, someone in their treasury department working and hedging themselves against uh, drastic uh, changes in that market. Well, sure enough, that's what happened a number of years ago. And because this company was smart enough and the ownership was smart enough to do this, while other manufacturers had to really do a substantial kind of on-the-spot uh, increase to their retail pricing, which, you know, affects distribution pricing, um, they were able to maintain with a minimal price increase. And I'm not even sure if they raised their prices, but they had 
done their homework, played the market, hedged themselves, and the other manufacturers, I mean, they were just, um, you know, left having to do what they had to do to, you know, to stay in business and, and do, uh, pass on in substantial price increases. Well, my thought, my, so my thought here with this is don't always assume that your competition hasn't already been out there and they're down the road uh, away. So don't, I wouldn't go in there thinking necessarily, well, if I've got to do it, I know, you know, my competitor does too. Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent example and really drives home the point that um, every business should always, especially I would say in the current business environment that we're in, every business, no matter what you're in, should be always thinking about innovation and ways where they can cut costs for the customer, but also cut out other things and do things new for the customer in new ways. I mean, we're living in an on-demand era where, you know, companies eat each other up all the time and are diversifying in so many different ways. So you've got to be on that cutting edge. Otherwise, you're going to be left in the dustbin. Yeah. Well, uh, another thought I had, uh, I'm trying to think here, people are people. And what I mean by this is, you know, we all accept information in different ways so when you go to your client or your customer now you're going to find some that are just going to accept it and say we understand and and they do know what's going on in the industry and other might others might get their dander up and have a tizzy fit about it but then eventually have have to accept it and you know there there's going to be times where this is just going to be an opportunity for maybe someone that was on the edge anyway just to say hey well i'm going a different route and you know i know that the podcast is about how do you how do you communicate uh, without losing the customer from the listener's question but sometimes you're not always going to be successful but in the in the context what we're talking about today is get yourself set up to where you can you know communicate it in the best possible way i guess absolutely and you know it's even if it's completely non-personal you're never going to have 100 percent of your business 100 percent of the time it's going to ebb and flow and fluctuate so yeah, that's right uh kind of the next uh, final thing i had or close to the end on, on some of the thoughts i had was in as much as possible and i know we're you know there's a wide variety of people listening to us from you know a small business up into larger corporations but and this may not always be possible but always try to do a face-to-face -face communication i mean i think the customer appreciates that it's a good way uh to be right there to offer feedback people you know with the body language eye contact, those sort of things. You can read how your customer is really, um, you know, responding to your news. And if you can't do the face-to-face, -face, try to make it a phone call and make an email the last resort because I'm, I'm just speaking from experience is someone's going to read an email and they're, they're just going to read into it probably something that's not even there. And it depends on their mood, yeah. tone, Email does not convey a tone. Yeah. And so it depends on how they're reading it, not how you have written it. That's I don't right. care how nice your email is. It just depends on <laughs> who's reading it. Well, I tell people this all the time. People are going to read your email probably within how your last, 
verbal conversation went. So let's just say, or maybe your last email conversation. So maybe there was some terse uh, thoughts and attitudes in the last communication. So do you think when that next email comes in, they're going to read it any different? Probably no. not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I would say face-to-face, -face, phone call next, and then resort to email if you have to. Well, and I would even say, and I, this has happened to me more than once, face-to-face um, -face meetings are great, especially when the end client, if you, there is one, is in the room. Because then if you're presenting things in such a way that people know you're honest and upfront because you're willing to have a face-to-face -face meeting, and so that kind of ticks off your top boxes right there um, in terms of how you're communicating with them. Right. You're showing them attention. You're showing them that you want their business. So I think that at least a phone call is the minimum you should go. And I, I don't know. I have a, a really hard time figuring out how people can tell someone in an email that they're going to increase prices. Right. Always comes across as the chicken way out, I, I think. Yeah. But, well, uh, the last thought I had was... And back to the listener's uh, question is, it's all about, the bottom line is all about communication. And you've got to be prepared. You've got to find the best time and location to do this. And just like we were talking, you know, get in your car, get on an airplane, go visit your customer, in, you know, in person. Uh, they, in actuality, they really deserve that anyway. I mean, they, they're your customer, and they need to know that you care about this, you know, just as much as you know they will, you know, when you give them, you know, give them the word. And the more I think about this, um, we live in an era today where you can communicate with people and you can do your business all the time from anywhere. So actually getting on a plane, while it may be inconvenient and you may lose a day, maybe two days, it's really not the worst thing that's ever happened to you if you care about your customers. Yeah. You can still communicate with all your other customers while you're on the plane. <laughs> well, I, I've seen, and, and, the, and these, are, um, these would be true stories, I've seen times when business has been won over from a long relationship, and maybe the pricing was even better because someone went in and called on them versus someone calling them or, you know, e you know emailing them. People, you know, people like attention, and they want to be, you know, they, they need that. And they need to know that they're important and that you recognize where they're at, you know, within yeah. the, you know, within Face the business. FaceTime and yeah, a real handshake. Real yeah. handshake still goes a long way. It does. <laughs> it does. Hey, well, we're out of time for today. Uh, I hope this addresses the listener's question. Uh, great question, by the way, and uh, one a topic that uh, most of us face and have faced. But hey, keep the questions coming. I really, you know, appreciate it. I, I'd, I'd rather answer someone's question um, about something and uh, try to help you know, help people uh, along the way. But thanks again for the question. You can submit your questions and comments to us at clouseronbusiness.com. Be sure to tell your friends about us and remind them we are on TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, iTunes, and again at clouseronbusiness.com. Well, all for now, you've been listening to Clouser on Business.